Hello, and welcome to episode 75 of the Reconomy podcast, where we discuss economic issues that impact real estate, housing, and affordability. I am Odetta Kushi, Deputy Chief Economist at First American, and here with me is Mark Fleming, Chief Economist at First American. Hey, Mark. Recently, we've been starting Reconomy episodes by covering a current headline that pertains to the housing market. Now, the one that I want to talk about in today's episode is not new to us. It's just resurfacing after the recent increase in mortgage rates. Care to take a guess? Hi, Odetta. This is an easy one. Um, History doesn't repeat itself, but does today's market rhyme with the housing market boom and bust of the mid-2000s? Bingo. There is chatter that today's housing market is starting to look like the housing market of the Great Financial Crisis, or GFC, as we'll use throughout this episode. Existing home sales in August were just above a 4 million seasonally adjusted annualized rate, but leading indicators such as purchase mortgage applications signal that sales may dip below 4 million for the first time since the depths of the Great Financial Crisis between July and October 2010. And certainly, if you look at affordability measures, such as our own Real House Price Index, or RHPI, which measures the price changes of single-family properties throughout the U.S. adjusted for the impact of income and interest rate changes on consumer house buying power, it's clear that affordability is now officially worse than it was at the peak in 2006. Surprise, surprise, higher mortgage rates alongside reaccelerating house prices will do that. But this housing market is fundamentally different than the housing market in the mid-2000s. Okay, I'm going to ask you to explain why that is in a minute. But if this time is not like last time, can we compare today's housing market to any period in the past? I'm so glad you asked, Odetta. We sure can, but we have to go way, way back to a decade that brought us some of the best music and films, my favorite decade. Oh, goodness. Okay, I can sense that we are about to talk about the 80s, so I think I'll run, run so far away. Ooh, nice flock of seagulls reference there. And you know, you're getting really good at these 80s music references. I'm going to make a fan of you yet. I mean, look who I, look who I talk to every day, of course. Uh, true, so, true. Gross, I'll get there. Now, as a warning, I don't think the discussion today will be particularly flattering to the 80s, or at least the early 80s housing market. Uh, so in today's episode, we'll first talk about why the housing market is different from the GFC housing market, and then we'll talk about the similarities to the 80s housing market. So let's start with the mid-2000s comparison first. Mark, why is this housing market different from the last housing boom and subsequent bust? Well, first, I would characterize the previous housing boom as a housing bubble, which can generally be defined as an unsustainable period of home price growth generated by excess or, shall we say, irrationally exuberant demand. And that excess demand can be a result of loose underwriting or maybe speculative behavior. Well, I think in defining a bubble, you also define the housing market during that period. When you mentioned loose underwriting, the price appreciation experienced in the housing market during the mid-2000s was characterized by a surge in demand driven by wider access to mortgage financing. Teaser rates, fixed-to-arm structures, no-down payment options, oh my, all facilitated (laughs) bigger loans at the same monthly payment to keep up with the growing home values, which, of course, is one reason why house prices kept going up. Yes, indeed. It's amazing how those things work like that. Nearly one in 10 mortgage borrowers in 2005 and 2006 took out what's called an option arm, which means that they could choose to make payments so low that their mortgage balances rose every month. Subprime mortgages increased dramatically from approximately 7 to 8% in the market in 2002 to 2003, up to approximately 18 to 20% 
in the market in 2004 to 2006. So a large increase in subprime loans, as they call them. And the other half of our definition included a mention of speculative buying. Housing speculation also increased during this period with the share of mortgage originations to investors rising significantly from around 20% in the year 2000 to around 35% from 2006 to 2007. And mortgage debt to income ratios also peaked in 2007, while the median credit score at origination for mortgages was just above 700 in 2006. Now, conversely, in today's market, mortgage debt to income is sitting near historic lows. The median credit score at mortgage origination was 770 in the second quarter of 2023, and the arm share of loan applications is about 9%, compared to the peak of 37% in 2005. That's right. Not only were people getting option arms back in 2005, but they were also getting those subprime arms and of two and three year fixed periods. So lots of arm activity. This time around, there is, shall we say, no financial innovation in the mortgage market. Pre-crisis style arms are discouraged by current regulations. Instead, borrowers today can choose from what I call classic vanilla arms with three, five and seven and even 10 year fixed periods. They offer lower interest rates than the traditional 30-year fixed rate mortgage, but are regulated for their ability to ensure the consumer's ability to pay. No options in these arms. I don't know that we defined our acronym arms. Adjustable rate mortgages. Adjustable I'm just going to make that mortgages. clear. Yes. <laughs> We're just talking about limbs here. No. So in total, household balance sheets appear in better shape and excessive borrowing wasn't the source of the house price boom or sales boom in this housing cycle. The real reason for the house price boom and sales boom was super low, sub 3% pandemic mortgage rates, demographic demand from the millennials aging into their prime home buying years, and a lack of housing supply. Supercharged demand against limited supply of homes for sale is a recipe for rapid house price appreciation. History doesn't repeat itself, and today's market doesn't rhyme with the housing market boom and bust of the mid-2000s. Exactly. Today, the slowdown in sales transactions is a product of fast-rising mortgage rates. Recall that higher mortgage rates have a dual impact on the housing market. They obviously reduce affordability, all else held equal, but they also keep existing homeowners rate locked in. That's right. More than 90% of existing homeowners are locked into mortgage rates below 6%. Now, rates are sitting above 7%, even approaching 8 as of as of late. So these homeowners do not have a financial incentive to sell. That's what we call the rate lock-in effect, or if you wish, the golden handcuffs of low mortgage rates. More than 90%. Uh, those are some, some hefty handcuffs there. That's right. Existing home sales activity is very low because you can't buy what's not for sale. But interestingly, the lack of resale inventory is putting a floor on price declines. Demand continues to outweigh supply even in an affordability constrained market, which is putting that upper pressure on houses that we, house prices that we see nationally today. That's right. According to First American Data and Analytics House Price Index, house prices reached a new peak for the sixth month in a row in September 2023. All right, so let's get into the comparison to the 1980s housing market. How is today's market similar to that of the 1980s? Well, first, let's start with the obvious, which is a demographic comparison. In the late 1970s and early 1980s, baby boomers were aging into their prime home buying years, providing a wave of demographic demand. Since millennials are the echo of the baby boomers and are currently aging into their prime home buying years, that demographic picture in the early 80s mirrors today's housing market. 
And of course, we can't forget that the macroeconomic picture was similar in one specific way. In the late 70s and early 80s, interest rates soared as the Federal Reserve fought to rein in the Great Inflation. Does that sound familiar at all? Why, yes. Yes, indeed, it does sound eerily familiar, Odetta. In today's fight against inflation, the Federal Reserve hiked interest rates to the highest level since 2001 earlier this year. We should clarify that the aggressive rate hikes during this economic cycle were nowhere near where rates had to go in the 80s. Uh, the target federal funds rate upper limit, as we record today, is about 5.5%, uh, significantly lower than what it was in the early 80s. And as a result of tighter monetary policy and higher inflation, mortgage rates increased to a peak of 18% in 1981. One word. Whoa. Can you imagine locking uh, in an 18%? But people still bought homes, by the way. Hey, you know what? The 8% that we might see in the near future doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, suddenly it seems okay. Although, yeah. of course, we have to view that within the context of incomes and mortgage rates as, and in house prices, as we always say. But yeah, 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 yeah. Scary number. <laughs> <laughs> so mortgage rates, you know, reached levels unseen before or since. Good point. Homes became, yeah, homes became significantly less affordable and home sales fell. By October 1982, inflation had fallen to about 5%. The Fed lowered the federal funds rate back down, uh, and the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage rate fell alongside lower inflation and a lower federal funds rate. And guess what? Existing home sales fell nearly 50% from the peak in 1978 to the trough in 1982, before rebounding alongside those lower mortgage rates. And home prices surged by over 14% in 1978, then flatlined as year-over-year -year growth slowed to just barely 1% by 1982. Sound familiar? Downside sticky prices? History rhyming, perhaps? Uh-huh. Today's market is similar in that home sales face more downward pressure than prices. Home prices climbed nearly 17% on an annual basis in 2022 before slowing to a 5% yearly growth rate in the second quarter of this year. Meanwhile, existing home sales plunged by nearly 40% from the peak, the recent peak, in January of 2022 to the latest August figure. As I mentioned earlier, demographic demand against a severely limited supply of, of homes for sale continues to put a floor on how low prices can go. But sales suffer as potential buyers are priced out and existing homeowners see no incentive to sell. And the other similarity, of course, is the housing market today is in a housing market recession, very similar to that of the late 70s and early 80s, according to our housing recession indicator. Housing history rhyming. See what I did there? Housing history. Get it? Moving right along, there are, of course, differences in the housing markets as well, and we don't have all of the data that far back to make a full comparison. Nevertheless, the similarities from the macroeconomic environment, the interest rate environment, the demographics, and the changes to house prices and sales in response to Fed tightening and higher mortgage rates are important to highlight. But where do we go from here? What have we learned? Well, the housing market did rebound from the 1980s, but it took some time. Inflation and mortgage rate stabilization were key back then. Because mortgage rates have increased further this October, we expect the housing recessionary conditions to linger in the near term. We're still waiting for that rate stabilization. But industry forecasts predict that mortgage rates will moderate if the Federal Reserve stops further monetary tightening and provides investors with some more certainty. So mortgage rate stability, even if the stabilization occurs with rates at a higher level, is the key to an eventual housing recovery. 
All right. Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Reconomy Podcast. And as always, if you can't wait for the next episode, you can follow us on X. It's at Odetta Kushi for me and at M Fleming Econ for Mark. Until next time. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Reconomy Podcast from First American. We're pleased to offer you even more economic content at firstam.com slash economics. This episode is copyright 2023 by First American Financial Corporation. All rights reserved.